Well, good evening, wrestling fans, and welcome to the Haggard Stepner Hershey's Hill High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by the Double Eagle at Cross Creek. Once again, we're live from the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill, and tonight, Dane and I and his family had the uh, special tonight, the baked pasta with garlic bread, and as always, Dane, it was wonderful. As always, the six ninety five special on Monday nights, uh, cooked up by the kitchen, best there is. Not only Monday night, every night. Every night. M- every Monday night. through Friday. So, Dane, tonight uh, we're back in uh, Double Google Clubhouse Grill, and it's uh, Monday night. What do you got in store for us tonight? Well, I feel like we've uh, reached a hurdle and gone over it, and now we've got to take a deep breath and uh, recalibrate and look forward to the rest of the season. We never thought the uh, team state was going to happen. It's, it's past us now. Yeah, from our very first show on November 2nd, we talked about will there be a team state on January 2nd, and we spent two months talking about it, and now it's past, and we've crowned four team state champs and now we're less than four weeks away from the sectional tournament and uh, in just three weeks from uh, tonight we'll have the sectional seating meeting and then the night after that we'll bring you all the brackets on our show and uh, we've got one of the sectional coaches Ben Sprunger here tonight from Bluffton as he previews both the sectional the ACAC tournament and the duel with Belmont tomorrow night which we have on the air and um, Rex overall what were your thoughts we only got to see 1A and 2A this year 3A and 4A happened on different sites, but uh, I would say that Team State, with all of the difficulties that we had, was was a pretty big success. Uh, to me, I don't think it was much different because 3A and 4A were always farther down in their end, and there was, you know, we don't know those kids as much because they're not from the area. So wrestling 1A and 2A there, I think, and you even got a, a recommendation from somebody, I think we leave it the way it is. Leave 1A, 2A at Coliseum, and 3A, 4A, let them find their, wherever they land, and uh, I don't know what uh, their impressions of their tournaments they ran down there were, but I know that um, the Coliseum ran the 1A and 2A wonderfully. Well, it certainly had, you know, if you look at the teams that are involved in 1A and 2A, the Coliseum makes a whole lot of sense. When you get to 3A and 4A, there's only two or three teams in the Fort Wayne area in the 4A division to begin with. Um, but there weren't many teams participating from this area. So I could definitely see a situation where with 40 teams involved, they decide that that's too many teams for one venue. As it really is, they've had a really hard time trying to find a place other, other, somewhere else in Indiana. Um, Evansville has been a place that's mentioned. But even that really nice arena that they have for semi-state, I'm not sure if it can accommodate the 16 or Roberts Arena. 16 mats that they need. So uh, it's definitely a possibility. And I know talking to Greg Ratliff, who uh, former... Coaches Association president, who's really taken the lead since uh, Trent McCormick's retirement. Uh, there's a lot of decisions to be made in the next three or four months. And uh, we got through all this adversity with this year's tournament. We added a fourth division. We split the 3A into 3A and 4A. 3A had an ultra-competitive class. Uh, it was a big success um, in the eyes of the Coaches Association. Probably a nice thing, too, that, uh, well, with COVID, maybe not. But in future years, I think you've got a little bit more ticket revenue by bringing in a few extra teams. 1A and 2A were still super competitive. And uh, the 4A tournament really didn't lose anything. You really just took 3A and made it 4A. And then you added eight more really competitive teams with each other and uh, had a really great tournament. So I think there's a lot of things. The biggest thing that we, if we want to talk about Team State in this first segment, is next year, Saturday, is January 1st. I wasn't doing anything on January 1st. We could have it then. Well, we're not wrestling on Sunday. We know that. We know we're not wrestling on Sunday. And January 1st has generally been taboo for high school sports across Indiana. Probably so Friday. 
I don't know. I don't know what that means for the tournament because if you start looking back to your traditional holiday tournaments, the Al Smith, the Connorsville tournament, the Modern Day Holiday Classic, they're probably all looking at a situation where they're going to be Thursday, Friday, or Friday, Saturday. So once again, we're still put in that, that tough spot where this tournament that is gaining momentum still doesn't have that guaranteed date on the calendar where you can write it in every year because of the way that the calendar shifts. So what will happen with that? I think that's up for, up for uh, discussion. And uh, I think that's one of the nice things about it is the Coaches Association is the one doing it. There are a lot of people involved, a lot of good ideas from around the state. And uh, I think you'll find out what those decisions are uh, in the upcoming months. I do know that um, another potential problem is uh, in the works in that the Department of Education is already discussing what might happen with enrollment numbers because things are so weird with who's online and who's at home. The um, IHSAA has already mentioned um, some difficulties perhaps with classifying teams in the traditional window of early March to late March that they usually do, preparing next year's classes. Uh, What if the Department of Education doesn't release these new uh, enrollment numbers? Uh, We're going to get in a situation this year where we're going to go through the qualifying process for Team State next year, and there's going to be a stipulation on those message boards on Indiana Matt saying these are based on last year's enrollment data. And we may not get the new enrollment data until April or May or even June which it'll be impossible to vote on the final teams because we don't know who's going to be in which class going forward. So uh, some interesting uh, caveats to the whole Team State tournament. But overall, uh, if you're a fan of wrestling and you showed up to the Coliseum or you tuned in and you you paid the $15 or you listened to us, uh, it was great wrestling overall. We did the best job that we could to get as many teams that were eligible as possible uh, that were able able to to go. And... uh, you know, there were some situations. Columbus East was not able to participate because Johnson County is red, and their school board would not let them travel to a red county. But you know what Columbus East did? They went and they wrestled New Palestine and Hamilton Southeastern from two different counties. <laughs> In their county. On Saturday instead. Good for them. So they got some good matches, but, you know... Uh, Next year, hopefully, we won't have to deal with those problems. We'll have the very best teams in all four classes, and we'll, we'll do it again. So the most important thing, Dane, <clears throat> how did you come out percentage-wise on your rankings? Oh, I thought you were going to ask about the lasagna. No, we knew we didn't get any lasagna <laughs> out of that deal. There was no lasagna for all those who were paying attention. There was a uh, box I know lunch. Troy, if Troy Hahn's listening, he was also disappointed that there was no lasagna. Box lunch? There was a box I, lunch I with a sandwich. Lunch. Well, You had to be part of the seating committee. You had to really be at the top of the list with Pat Culp. Mm. So next year we'll work on getting you on Pat's list. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I actually we went through the seating. And, uh, you know, if you look at some of these brackets, outside of the one or two-point losses – I felt that we did an awfully good job. I think we missed. They still count, though. We missed. I know. <laughs> we missed on Hobart, for those who are listening. Uh, they had some guys who were hurt. Uh, Babcock is out for the year. We didn't have that. Mishawaka, we were a little low on. We had gotten word that they had three or four kids who had quit. One of them came back. And, uh, you know, I'll admit, Mishawaka was a lot better than we thought they were. And Hobart was not as good as we thought they were. They ended up finishing last out of eight teams, and we had them seated third. That really threw the 3A bracket. 
But in the end, there were some awfully good duels in that 3A tournament. Uh, Franklin and East Central. East Central won 36-31. Floyd Central beat Mishawaka 37-33. And then the championship match was decided by one point. Um, so in the end, I think the best two teams made it to the finals. It was a great duel. You had a 31-25 duel for third place with Franklin and Mishawaka. And I think the bottom four teams separated themselves uh, with 4A. I thought it went almost up to snuff. Uh, Brownsburg beat Chesterton. That was the five over the four. And Perry beat Cathedral 30-29. to That was the six over the three. Uh, the only other upset the entire day as far as seeds was Perry, the six, beat Brownsburg, the five, 34 to 32. So very close. So we had the top two teams. Uh, Modern Day beat Warren Central 42 to 15 in that final, which just blows my mind at how good of a dual team they have. For Warren Central to beat uh, Carmel, Perry, they had beaten... Um, uh, I don't remember if they had beaten Brownsburg actually before that. I think they had beaten Cathedral. Uh, but then for Modern Day to come in and beat them 42-15. to 15, They just wow. must not have paired right, very yeah. well with them. And on top of that, uh, Modern Day had actually beaten uh, Floyd Central, who finished runner-up in 3A. They'd only given up nine points against Floyd Central. And I think Floyd Central had three returning state placers. It sounds like Modern Day is losing three or four duels a, mat, uh, a, a match. And that's, yeah, that's not it. very many. Yeah, they're winning. They're, even against the best teams, they're winning nine or ten. And honestly, they had a pretty packed schedule this year uh, for their dual meets and for their tournaments. And, and a lot of it was outside of the state of Indiana, and some of those states have canceled. So Modern Day not going to get the chance that they had to sort of work their national resume. Well, but, uh, what about Kentucky? Is Kentucky still wrestling? Kentucky is a no, but Tennessee is a yes, because I believe Tennessee sent two teams to the Modern Day Holiday Classic. Um, so, you know, it's hit, it's hit and miss. Illinois is a no. Ohio is a yes. Michigan is a no right now, correct? Because they're, they're still trying to finish volleyball and football. So, Dan, I'm going to boost your ego up a little bit. You're number one in 1A. Tell City wins it. They beat number two in, well, in, their, in the finals. Talking to the rest of the guys in the seeding <coughs> committee, we felt really good about 1A in the end because our top three seeds finished 1, 2, and 3. And I felt like we really separated the three best teams. Centerville, I thought, had a good resume. They had some COVID issues that ended up, uh, I, not, I think, not helping them in that very first round because they lost the very first round, um, and that, that sort of threw things off. And it also really hurt South Adams because South Adams loses to Manchester, 42-42 on the tiebreaker, and then their reward for that of losing this arbitrary tiebreaker is they get the number four seed in Centerville who had beaten them 10 days earlier, which threw them in the 11-12 to 12 seed uh, place match with Coach Sprunger and Bluffton, a team that they had already beaten, um, but obviously somebody in their conference that they knew very well. So, uh, you know, South Adams kind of had a rough draw. In 2A, uh, the top two teams, I think, were obviously Belmont and Garrett, and I think we did a really good job in adding Jay County. They were the team that deserved that 2A spot. They earned it. They showed it. They finished third. They beat a couple of really good teams. They took it to Western. Um, and wrestled really well. And the same thing with Mount Vernon. I was really high on Mount Vernon. I thought that they had a really good dual team, and I still think they do. But I think we, we saw that Jay County um, overall was one of the top 
three or four teams in 2A, regardless of whether or not they came to the tournament or not. Well, I think that's a pretty good wrap of the uh, state uh, dual meet tournament. And uh, AJ is with us here. And AJ, you have a spot you would like to read here? Well, I've got a spot to read, but I'm going to make it up on the fly here. I'm going to talk <laughs> about Cross Creek Golf Club. Right now, Cross Creek Golf Club's pro shop is closed until January, I believe, the 19th, the 18th, uh, Martin Luther King Day, whatever day that is. It's a Monday. Uh, the pro shop will open on that day. And if you're thinking about having an outing, trying to raise some money for your group, your club, your organization, your church, whatever it may be, uh, golf tournaments are a fun way and an easy way to get that done. You provide the players in Cross Creek will provide the knowledge and the expertise and we'll take care of all the uh, the work that takes to get these people out on the course and and you can make some money and everybody's going to have a great time so get a hold of Dennis and uh, that phone number is 7244316 at Cross Creek or check it out on the website and uh, he'll be back you know in the third week in January but if you're really interested in getting an outing together you need to get a hold of Dennis because those outing dates go fast and there's only so many Friday Saturday Sundays throughout the summer and if you want one get a hold of him he'll get it taken care of and you'll be amazed how easy it is for you to raise some money for your organization that's Cross Creek Golf Club right below us here at the Double Eagle. And with that, the weigh-ins have now finished. We're going to send it back to the studio to Steve Rouse running the board for us. We'll be back with uh, more Hagrid Septon Hershey Zelt High School Wrestling Weekly right after these messages. You don't always need an attorney, but when you do, the man to call is Brad Weber. Brad has extensive experience in most legal matters and will help you make your problems disappear. Keep this number handy, 452-7045. That's 452-7045. You just never know when you'll need the services of an experienced litigator like Brad Weber. Enjoy neighborhood living and peace of mind for your family in a two-bedroom, one-bedroom, or studio apartment at Adams Woodcrest Assisted Living. New address, new home, new life with household amenities including menu choices and times tailored to your liking. A family room with fireplace and bistro laundry and housekeeping services. A state-of-the-art response system and medication reminders are included too at Adams Woodcrest Assisted Living, 1300 Mercer Avenue in Decatur. For a private tour, call 260-728-4038. Hosted at the Double Eagle here at Cross Creek, and uh, we're once again in Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. The uh, first period is ready to start, and uh, we did a lot of... uh, Team state rundown in that first weigh-in section, but uh, now that we have uh, Coach Springer in here, maybe we get his opinion on how he felt the team state went uh, based on the 1A division that he wrestled in. Uh, yeah, I thought it was a good tournament. It was our first time that uh, we got to experience that as a team. Um, look forward to going back to it, but uh, it was run well um, despite having the COVID and no fans and uh, but, yeah, the, the wrestling was good. There's some good wrestling out there. and uh, I think the intensity from the wrestlers on the edge of the mat was still there. I mean, they were cheering their teams on, and they were kind of trying to make up for the fact of a lack of fans. Oh, yeah, there was for sure. I mean, there was competition, and in that competition, each team was, you know, hoping to get get everything out of it and, and uh, a lot of close matches in there. I think there was two um, between 1A and 2A in the first round went to the criteria. Um, 
and uh, you know, there's just good competition there, and you guys did a good job, Dane, picking picking the groups that need to go that need to be there. And Thank I know you. that you're still trying to get your your season put together and your team the way you want them, get your right weight classes filled in. Do you feel that you guys wrestled to the best of your ability? Uh, yeah, we wrestled well. I think um, not having those individual tournaments we're used to, those second and third third rounds were um, a little different for us. Our guys were, um, you know, I think it wore us down a little bit this year than it would have in years past. Um, would have liked to win that second match at Southmont. And uh, uh, even, I thought we did well against Rensselaer. You know, when we're giving up uh, 12 at 6 and 13 right away, really affects affects a team. But, uh, yeah. You know, talking about a team like Southmont, you know, and we were talking about enrollment earlier. Southmont, I believe, is the, the largest team in the 1A division this year. Uh, we get into a situation this year, you know, one team difference, Southmont is in 2A, like they were for several years before that. And they actually qualified for the 2A tournament a couple of years ago. But uh, it's just that's the way that the tournament goes with its current structure is uh, some of the best teams being the biggest team. You know, and we saw it with Columbia City. Columbia City is a great team this year. I mean, I think if they wrestle Belmont again, they, they have just as good a chance of beating Belmont again. But in 3A, they're not competitive. They're the second yeah. smallest team in, in 3A but they could have won the 2A tournament. And I think, you know, you go back and forth each year, you just don't know uh, who's going to be there and who's not going to be those teams on the edge. And uh, Southmont was a competitive team, but not somebody who's going to win uh, the 1A division. They they, uh, lost to Adam Central in the opening round, but still a pretty solid wrestling program and and a good dual meet for you guys to get because you wouldn't have seen them otherwise. No, it was good. And we we had a good competition with them and, uh, um, you know, nine-point or 11-point difference, and ifs and buts, you know, a lot of things can go different ways, and and uh, would have liked to have that match for sure, but uh, they beat us, and, you know, we got the wrestle South Adams in that third round, and, you know, we didn't go home, you know, 12th, got to be at least 11th. Yeah, and for your, from your perspective, too, you know, you guys lose that duel at the ACAC duels. Rex and I were there to see it, and uh, you're able to build a little bit of confidence out of that. Hey, guys, you know, we lost to them three weeks ago, but, you know, now we're getting better. We beat them, and we got some things to build on as we get ready for the for the ACAC tourney uh, in a couple weeks. What is that, two weeks from Friday, I think, is all the further away it is? It's crazy. Is that at Adams Central or Jay County this year? I forget. Oh, geez. You I think it's at Jay. Here. I think the duels were at Adam Central. I think that the, the Friday night tournament is at Jay County, and we'll have that live for you on uh, WZBD. But overall, I agree. I think it was a great tournament, uh, a lot of fun. Teams were into it. Uh, you couldn't help but have pride as somebody. You know, I think we can all – it's been a long time since we've wrestled at Adam Central for sectional. We're Jay County sectional people now. It's been since 2003, 2002. I can't remember what year we first went to Jay County, but it's like the 20th year now of the Jay County sectional. We can start start identifying as that. It's kind of cool to go to people and say, you know, all six teams in our sectional that have a full lineup qualify for Team State. Yeah. I mean, it's everybody. Right now, you probably couldn't take all of Union City, Blackford, and Southern Wells wrestlers and make a team together. So they're not really eligible to qualify for that. <coughs> everybody else was was there. And uh, I think that says a lot about the quality of wrestling in our area. And, Dane, I, I lied to you. I got home late, and I didn't get a change. I was going to put my Black Hawk, my Cowan Blackhawk gear on, you know, provided by Tony, uh, Tony Abbott, because 
the stipulation was we had to wear it at regional if they won. Well, he fell a little bit short against North, North Posey and then ended up falling short against Prairie Heights. But I'll tell you what, I watched his team wrestle, and he's got a solid team. Young kids, and they're very tough. Down low, they're very good, uh, that Cowan Blackhawk team. So, Coach, he brought us three Cowan shirts before action started on Saturday and told us that if Cowan won, that we would have to wear it all day at regional at Jay County <laughs> as, a, as a dare from him being the guest a couple weeks ago. But, uh, no, I agree. And like I said, Tell City and North Posey, I originally had Tell City as the top seed. They went on quarantine and had North Posey as the one, and then Tell City came back and proved themselves. I think they were the best two teams. Cowan absolutely earned third place. Yeah. They, they looked really good, really solid all the way through. He's done a really good job building that program, too, because we've wrestled them dual meets the last couple of years. And, and yeah, from where he started from with nothing in, you know, six, seven years, I mean, they've come a long way. And, like, yeah. he, he was on our show the other day, and he talked. He said that um, the kids that are in his program were in his program as elementary kids when he started that program. So it's not like they built it up from someplace else. I mean, those kids are legit Cowan kids. Yeah. And talking to Coach Abbott uh, today and, and yesterday, he just – the Team State Tournament offered his program an opportunity to grow. And I think that's one of the nicest things about it is he went in and said, you know what, guys, Adam Central is the top team all time in this 1A bracket. I mean, they're the team that has been there every year. They've won multiple times. They've won. They've dropped down to fifth or sixth. They've come back and they've built a new team that's finished and they've gone back and forth. Beating them means something for our program. And, and he was very appreciative of the opportunity to be able to wrestle them and to beat them and to say to his kids, hey, guys, we've made it. Like, this is where we want to be. We may not have won it, but we've got something to build on for, uh, for next year. And, uh, you know, it was, it was nice to see, too, and we've talked about this the last couple of years, Tell City, North Posey, some of those Southern 1A teams, that's good for them because re- there aren't a whole lot of small schools with wrestling in the southern part of the state. Uh, there are a lot less high schools in that part of the state, but a lot of them are the bigger 3A and 4A schools. And uh, for them to get that opportunity and to sort of build something, you know, there's so much dominance with modern day, and it's specifically that area with North Posey and with Mount Vernon, that uh, I, I think it's a good thing for them. You know, and I, I texted Tony. I thanked him for the shirt, and I told him that uh, I thought he had a real strong team, and he said they'll be back next year, and he said we'll be, we'll be even stronger. And I, I think he's right. I mean, he has a very young team. He's got two boys on a team. Uh, I think one's a freshman this year, one's a junior, and, or, or maybe a sophomore, but um, really quality kids. I watched them wrestle, and they're slick. I mean, they got some good wrestlers down there. Yeah, and let's not forget that, I, you know, if we look at it, I would say they have a very legitimate shot at winning sectional. They will make a, they will make noise at sectional. They'll make noise uh, at regional. I don't think it's going to be Yorktown. I think Muncie Central has too many forfeits. Those are your two biggest schools in that school district or in that uh, uh, sectional. You know, I think it's between probably them and and Delta, um, Daleville. I haven't seen enough of. I don't think they've got it. Uh, obviously, the smaller schools, Monroe Central, Randolph Southern. Uh, Wapahani don't have full enough teams. Winchester maybe uh, would have a chance to, but uh, you know, for Cowan to win a sectional uh, would be a real accomplishment. And maybe a lot of people won't look at it that way, but for me, if Cowan wins sectional, you know, I, I would be calling Coach Abbott and saying, you know, congrats, man. Yeah, especially you know. with York Cowan in there, and, and that that would be a huge accomplishment for them. Well, look at the week after that; they're going to make noise in regional. They they might not win regional, but they're going to have enough kids take other kids out that are going to take. 
just kind of level the field. Well, he's got seven or eight kids who came in hungry last year to regional and, and, and got their butts kicked because I think they only advanced one. From, yeah, he had a bad day. He had a really bad day. We had lunch with him after that. Uh, he's got some kids who are going to come in there, and they're not going to be shy about, about wanting to advance. So, Rex, uh, we're sitting here at the Double Eagle as we get ready to end the first period, and obviously the, the meals are great and the specials are great, Six ninety five every night, Monday through Friday. Uh, we've had spaghetti, we've had chicken sandwiches, we've had chicken enchiladas, but uh, uh, come out to the Double Eagle for great meal specials and, and a good atmosphere. If you need to watch a game or a sporting event, there's 13 TVs and uh, drink specials and uh, five or six beers on tap and uh, just a very good atmosphere. And that's every night of the week because we were here on a Sunday night for a special uh, team state draw and this place was packed it was hopping and uh it's it's a great place to come and uh i think people don't realize how good their food really is until you come and eat a few meals here and we have a little uh, i guess we can make it a special announcement if we want uh if you want to come out next week to our show on monday the 11th we are going to have the robert falcons assistant commissioner of the ihsaa and specifically the commissioner for wrestling as our call-in guest so maybe uh, those in the crowd can uh, submit some questions to ask nope, him. No heckling. <laughs> maybe Coach Calver will have a couple questions for him. But uh, join us next Monday uh, at the Double Eagle as we uh, invite uh, Mr. Falcons onto the show to tell us a little bit about the upcoming state wrestling tournament and uh, get his insights. With that, we're going to send it back to the studio as round uh, first period has ended, and we're going to send back studio Steve Rouser on the board for a round of commercials. We'll be back with more wrestling talk with uh, Coach Ben Sprunger of the Bluffton Tigers right after this. Independently owned and operated, Haggard Sefton Hershey and Zelt Funeral Home, located in the heart of downtown Decatur, has been serving the funeral needs of Adams County and the surrounding area for over 114 years. Whether it's at need, a prearrangement, or a monument sale, our small staff is here to provide comfort in your time of need and make our home feel like an extension of your home as we assist you in honoring the life of your loved one. Get in, get out, get better. Get healthy in every way. For all your non-emergency medical needs and minor injuries and illnesses, Adams Memorial Hospital offers StatCare. Staffed with people you know and trust Monday through Friday from 7.30 a.m. to 8.30 p.m., and Saturday and Sunday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. with no appointment necessary. Patients should use the emergency department entrance for this safe, convenient, and affordable care. When you're doing new construction or remodeling and you need drywall, the name to call is Paul Baker Drywall. Paul Baker Drywall does championship caliber work and gives you free estimates. Paul uses all the latest styles for your approval and his work is always guaranteed. Give Paul a call today at 701-4388. That's 701-4388. When it's time for drywall, use the best Paul Baker drywall. Welcome back to Haggard Sefton Hershey's Elf High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by Double Eagle here at Cross Creek. Once again, we're live from the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill, where the food is good and the uh, Drinks are always cold. Rex along with Dane Filling. And now for the uh, special guest section in the second period, we're joined by our guest, uh, Ben Sprunger of the Bluffton Tigers, who uh, wrestled in the Indiana Team State Duels in a 1A class on this past Saturday. And uh, as we talked a little bit, uh, I thought uh, your team wrestled pretty well. You thought your team wrestled pretty well. And, and I think it really makes a difference having um, 
Birch back in your lineup. Oh, yeah, for sure. Birch, uh, you know, just brings a little more uh, for the team, pumps us up a little bit, just uh, just adds some more points even to it. So it, uh, it changed it. It was nice even we had Austin Lewis at 26 there, and uh, I don't think he lost the match at 26 either. But just adds to the team to be able to put Austin down at 20 and, and keep Birch in the lineup at 26. So what's what you looking forward to when you come to Belmont tomorrow night to wrestle the Braves? I think it will be a good experience for our guys. We have a lot of guys that are go to Mad Men, and uh, they know a lot of the, the Belmont wrestlers. And uh, it will be good to see that. Uh, you know, I don't know what the fans' situation would be, um, but it will be good to be down there and uh, compete down there with Belmont. I mean, they're obviously – tough team over years um and uh great tradition i think it'll be good for our guys to go out there and compete with some of that tough wrestling i know last year after we scheduled the duel uh with bluffton that you guys were left out of last year's state duels and uh belmont was coming off of a championship and was undefeated and we had kind of talked the, even the week before on the show that that was not a match where belmont was going to show up and not be ready because it was kind of it seemed like a trap duel, but uh, it didn't happen for Belmont. They, they Belmont wrestled well against you guys last year, uh, and I'm trying to remember what the score was. Is forty something to twenty something? I think. But yeah, there's yeah. a couple it was of probably matches. nine and five. The but there's a couple. Were. There's a couple of matches. There were one or two point swing matches that were close matches that could have went the other way. Could have been bluffing matches. Yeah, Carter Seifring. Um, at 182, I think had a pretty close match, and Dalton Robinson at 220, or maybe it was Mason Murphy that had a close one, um, and then uh, Calvin Farrow also had a pretty close close yeah. match. So, yeah, uh, we we were good last year too, and we were able to you know take that match on. This year will be a lot more experience, learning from from what's going to happen. Um, but uh, you know, the goal will be just to go out there and compete and and uh, get some small victories, and really more than anything, learn from from the match um you know hopefully we can go out there and win three four or five matches and make it competitive but we'll see how that plays itself out now we've already heard that uh, coach calver has given you some lineup advice <laughs> where does his advice rank on your your list of advice that you receive well i mean bumping uh bumping a birch up to 32 and and having another match that we saw last year many times uh, I don't know. I don't know how it'll play itself out. We'll uh, kind of decide what we need to do because it affects sectional. You know, now we get to wrestle you guys, and I think we see everyone this year, but uh, Blackford and uh, maybe Union City. But uh, um, yeah, I don't know. I'll have to discuss that. Think about that. I'd like to see the match again, though. That's for sure. So, uh, should we expect a full lineup for you guys, or will you have a forfeit tomorrow? <clears throat> um, we will have a forfeit at six and thirteen. At six and thirteen. Yeah. Yep. Okay. As of now, for sure. I and mean, for uh, for Belmont, we don't know exactly what that means. Uh, Belmont was only you know had limited rosters for Team State, so they couldn't bring every JV. Um, so that is a potential then for Belmont to put take Krukeberg at one thirteen and bump Ike Rubel up to one twenty. But then that also bumps someone else out of the lineup. So interesting to see what uh, Coach Gunson yeah, does. Yeah, I'd like to see the the Lewis. Well, let's see how that plays itself out. Yeah, so definitely some storylines to follow in the in the lower weights, um, and uh, I, I think overall it's going to be an awfully good awfully good duel and in uh, good radio. So we we've had you on a show before, Ben. We've talked about your career. Why don't you give us a quick rundown of uh, when you started wrestling and how you advanced to the level that you did uh, from wrestling in elementary to high school to college and now at the coaching level? Uh, 
Uh, yeah, I started at first grade, um, and, uh, you know, just advanced through there, just wrestled every Saturday, you know, tournament around the state, you know, um, and then had a great high school career, um, ended up winning a state title there, um, moving then to VMI where I All-American, uh, transferring to Purdue, um, got to wrestle there, start there, um, had a, a good career there as well, and, uh, then I got to coach at Manchester College and coach at Purdue and then coach at VMI and uh, you know coach back here at Bluffton in my hometown so it's been a kind of whirlwind I've kind of been a little everywhere in the wrestling world and, a l- uh, little quick factoid here I had a son that was eligible to go to the Citadel and we were at the Citadel taking the the tour and there's a missile in the courtyard like that and a guy said little fact he said that missile is pointed at vmi <laughs> yeah there's a lot of hatred between vmi and Citadel. yeah it's uh it's always a fun rivalry um wrestling them it's kind of a unique place actually the yeah. tradition of those colleges is incredible when you're walking through there's a list here's a plaque and it has a list of the citadel canada uh, cadets that were killed in the civil war what <laughs> how old is the school yeah, yeah. That's, that's old no it's pretty cool because there's a lot of accountability and you know it's one of those things you cheat once and you're out of the school at least at vmi and um it doesn't take anything you know you get beat up pretty good as a freshman and then you still have to be on a d1 program and and uh kind of go through all that so it takes a, a really solid student and a really solid athlete and even have a military mind to be able to make it through that school. So what led you to, to wrestle there? What what drew you to that school? To, to help coach at VMI. Uh, you know, I had a great opportunity. I was at Purdue, and I was uh, I was like the RTC coach there, um, kind of like the volunteer coach, and uh, got to go to VMI to really be more of a recruiter, be able to recruit um, more of a – it was a bigger position as, as a coach, and uh, – Embraced it, liked it. I really took ownership in the fact that, you know, these kids, as long as you don't lie to them and tell them, you know, this isn't hard. You know, it's one of those things that it's easy to recruit wrestlers there because they already got that tough set mind that, you know, you can grind it out and tough it out. And and uh, so, yeah, I don't know what really led me there, but it was an opportunity. I took it and really enjoyed being down in VMI. Winners in Virginia are a lot nicer than winners in Indiana. Yes, for sure. Yes, it definitely was a little a little more calm, for sure. So unknowingly, uh, the seating committee placed you uh, in a little bit of a reunion, wrestling Rensselaer Central and their head coach, Hunter Hickman. He told me that he uh, was not only your wrestler when you were at Purdue, but then he also ended up at, at VMI. Yeah, so when I was at Purdue, I ran a, a rtc club there and he was a high school student because uh rensselaer is about 45 30 minutes depending upon how fast you drive from lafayette and uh so i got to coach him there and he had a pretty decent uh state tournament and then um i recruited him down to vmi and he got to wrestle for me there and i got to coach him as a college athlete athlete as well and, and uh really like it uh hunter he's a uh, he did a good job this weekend too. Had a did a good job getting some kids, and he's going to be tough next year too because they I think they had one junior and one senior in their lineup, and then the rest were freshmen and sophomores. And uh, to get out of a region that he's in too is pretty tough too. That mm-hmm. the the region the semi state that he's going through would be pretty tough. 
Yeah, and I, I talk to a lot of coaches as we get ready for Team State each year, and, and he's one of the few that really hearkened back to the history of his program, talking about the fact that you know they had been wrestling since 1960 and they had never reached anything at the, of this level. Really appreciative of the opportunity to wrestle at Team State and really looking forward to it and getting his kids to buy in to uh, the tournament overall. And uh, you know I, I like hearing that as we try to build the the Team State uh, tournament going forward. And, and as a coach, and Ben, you know this. Trying to get when you get in, when you get selected and you get invited to come in there, you need to come in and perform because the worst thing you want to do is get invited and fall, lay an egg and then not get invited back. And it's like then you got to work your tail off to get back again. Yep, yep, for sure. It's one of those things. You once you do get invited, you earn your way in, and you you want to you know prove that for sure. You want to. That you deserve to be there. Yeah, especially if you come up to where you have to get, uh, like we were last year, um, you know, you get on the committee and get voted in. You want to get voted in the next time. So Well, and it also plays off of itself because by getting invited and wrestling in it and performing well, as you go to make your schedule next year, people hear Bluffton or they get into a tournament with Bluffton. Oh, Bluffton's going to be there. That's going to be worth going to. Uh, those kind of things, especially with 1A schools and scheduling, uh, it, it's important to be able to build that strength of schedule. And people think that it's just, you know, oh, this coach doesn't want to wrestle anybody. Well, it, sometimes it's hard to get into tournaments where there's good teams. Yeah, You guys can't just call up Avon or Cathedral and say, hey, we're bluffed and we want to wrestle you guys. Yeah, no. It doesn't work that way. No. Click. And so yeah. <laughs> some people think that it does. Some people think that it's just by choice that you wrestle in a five-way uh, tournament on a Saturday where you received 17 forfeits. Well, sometimes that's the best that you can get in on that Saturday, and you only have so many open dates on your, your, your calendar. And I think Team State's one of those things that brings those teams from across the state. It builds relationships. You guys wrestled uh, Rensselaer Central, Southmont. You know that coach now. You may get a phone call in November from Southmont saying, hey, we've got a tournament. Why don't you guys come down to this? And I think that's one of the really nice things about, about the event. Well, what we've also found in crazy COVID season that we've had right now, okay, there's a 16-team tournament. Oh, we can only invite 10 teams. You're out. Okay, so what's that do to your, you know, you know, boost you up? Uh, it's like, oh, I just got kicked out of a tournament. Why? Well, you were not the quality wrestling school yeah. that they wanted there and well, you get lost them didn't make the grade especially small schools if they don't have a full lineup i mean who wants to wrestle a team without a full lineup yeah you know especially now this year where people are dropping left and right and you're trying to scramble to pick up a match here or get into a tournament you know just to get your 18 points it's uh you want to have everything that you can do. And that's where your reputation really matters because mm-hmm. teams are seeking out teams and, and they're looking on the <coughs> message board for open dates and they're calling the people that they know. And if you don't know anybody as a coach and you don't have those relationships built, you know, then that, that ends up hurting you. So, Dane, the second period is coming to an end and uh, you have a ad that you want to read about one of our uh, fine families that really supports us? Oh, one of our finest sponsors along with Coach Sprunger's dad, Ted Sprunger, whose ad runs during the commercials. And the great Ted Sprunger insulation. Uh, we also have Brad Weber. And Brad Weber uh, is a supporter individually and his family and uh, his uh, wife and child and, and even the dog Moose, <laughs> who is well known in this uh, in this In our neighborhood. In our neighborhood he is. That's right. Is proud to support uh, local high school athletics and local high school wrestling, even if he is from DeKalb. You and know, we he, get, he was a great athlete in football and baseball, has no ties to wrestling, but just really enjoys supporting the sport, period, 
of the area. And one of our biggest supporters and, and listens a lot, and uh, especially on Saturdays when we get into the state tournament. So we uh, appreciate uh, Brad and his family for supporting. With that, we're going to send it back to studio. Steve Rouse running the board for us. We'll be back with uh, more wrestling talk in the third period with Coach Springers. He's going to stick around right after these messages. Hi, this is Jesse from Heller Nursery. Heller Nursery is located four miles west of Decatur in between 224 and 124 on 400 West. We are open all winter long. Come check out our large selection of houseplants. We have snake plants, succulents, ficus, and so many more. Heller Nursery is always a season ahead, so stop in during the winter months to plan for spring. New crops are available weekly. Check out Heller Nursery's Facebook page for current selection and specials. We are open seven days a week, year-round. At Complete Printing Service, you can count on Charlie Brune and the crew to take care of all your print needs. Everything from color copies, custom-made banners and signs, wedding invitations, business cards, magnetic and yard signs, and so much more. Complete Printing is located on South 2nd Street in Decatur. Our name says it all. Complete Printing Service. Call today at 724-3722. Complete Printing is also a Decatur Sculpture Tour sponsor. Looking for a trusted name in home or farm insulation? Ted Sprunger Insulation has been taking care of families in our area since 1978. When it comes to spraying foam and cellulose insulation, Ted Sprunger Insulation can't be beat for service or price. Give them a call today at 273-5068 or at 824-3021. That's 273-5068 or 824-3021. Ted Sprunger Insulation. Welcome back to the Hager Stepner Hershey's Elf High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by the Double Eagle here at Cross Creek. Rex along with Dane Sprunger and our special guest still with us, uh, Coach Ben Sprunger of the Bluffton Tigers. And uh, Rex, right, meow, we're going to go over the uh, upcoming broadcast schedule for WZBD. Tonight we've got uh, the Pacers at uh, New Orleans uh, in NBA action. Tomorrow night we've got Bluffton at Belmont. For wrestling action, and with the Purdue game being canceled, there is uh, nothing stopping us from going as long as we want, Rex, I believe. <laughs> uh, hey, coach, hey. you'll you'll bring uh, JV tomorrow night, correct? We'll have a few, a yeah, few matches, I assume. A couple matches, for sure. Looking yeah. at your roster here that I have in front of me, I can guess that we're probably going to have, I'd say, probably five or six matches, perhaps. you got a couple of freshmen at uh, 285. Uh, Belmont's got some really young, inexperienced uh, heavyweights that are JV, so there might be a, an opportunity for some good matches there. And then on Wednesday night, we've got the big intra-county matchup between South Adams and Belmont. Uh, in girls' basketball, Matt Conversay will have the call. After that, we'll join the Rockets and Pacers in progress on Thursday. We're back on the air again with wrestling as we will travel to Huntington North. And Belmont will wrestle both Huntington North and East Noble in two NE8 matches. Uh, on Friday night, we've got uh, Purdue basketball, Purdue at Michigan State. That's a 6 o'clock pregame with a 7 o'clock tip-off. Then on Saturday morning, you can listen to Matt Conversay as he interviews the three girls county coaches in the high school basketball coaches show live from the West End restaurant. And Rex, you and I both know, how good uh, the breakfast at West End can be. I really enjoyed having the coaches show at the West End uh, this year when I had a football coaches show. And uh, the Bluffton coach, uh, Coach Kunkel, is one of our biggest fans on that show. And uh, he and Grant Mosier go back and forth. But uh, Coach Kunkel listens to my Saturday morning fo- football coaches show every week. 
Yeah, he's a good dude. He's my neighbor, and our kids are best buds, so I, I get to hang out with Brent quite a bit. Can't make any of them wrestlers? Uh, yeah, his kid uh, his kid is in the program. He's got two in the program. so he, They're hard-nosed. He's, he's a hard-nosed guy. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yep, he's a big promoter of uh, wrestling, for sure. Uh, Saturday, then, we'll have the Colts playoff game. Uh, that will be noon pregame with a 105 kick as the Colts travel to Buffalo to take on the Bills. I believe six-and-a-half-point underdogs the Colts are. And then uh, Saturday night, we'll have Blackford at South Adams. A pretty good game. Uh, Rex, I don't know if you saw it yet. It'll be in the paper tomorrow. But Trey Shock went and scored 47 points. I saw that. I heard that on ACN this morning when Tony was talking about it. 47 points for a high school kid in our area. A new school record for the Starfires. And That's got to be an Adams County record, isn't it, um, if you look it I up? believe Coke scored 49 against Northrop way back when in 2001 or 2002. Seth did. And, and that's uh, Seth Coltlesher who ended up being runner-up at Mr. Basketball. Yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to look that up. But I'm, pe- I'm thinking it's pretty close to the, to the record. Um, and then, um, let's see. Oh, Blackford, a very good team with uh, one of the top 15 scorers all time in Indiana, Blackford has. And then uh, we'll join uh, Phoenix and the Pacers in progress after that. Then there's no football on Sunday. And then we will have the Matt Painter Show at 6.05 on January 11th, next Monday. And then we will also have our show on January 11th with special guest, Assistant Commissioner Robert Faulkner. And we may, we may end up picking up another guest in there as an uh, hour-long phone call in interview. Maybe a little bit long. So we, we've got a couple of local people that uh, people are just banging on our door to get into this show. There is. Believe it or not, Ben, people want to be on this show. <laughs> And I'm then here. The, and you're here. Yeah, two-time guest. Two-timer. Two-time guest. You're right up there with Jesse Gaskell, who's listening right now as one of the uh, most frequent guests that we've had, and we appreciate it. Now, uh, I told Dane we're shameless. Tony Abbott was on here a couple weeks ago. Tony, a great wrestler. I refereed his matches. He gives us gifts. Now, if anybody else out there is looking to bribe their way onto the show, send us some free swag, Dan and I are shameless. We'll take anything you send us. I've got some Jay Kenny wrestling shirts on uh, on their way to me, I believe, there also. So we'll, we'll take anything that you've got. <laughs> always love a good wrestling T-shirt and uh, always one of the best parts uh, about this job. Uh, Coach, uh, we might as well spend a little bit time uh, more time talking about matchups and uh, lineups between the two teams. I have your roster in front of me. I haven't made the program yet. One of my many uh, hats that I wear for the Belmont program. But uh, you've got uh, a couple of girls listed at 106 and 113. Are they still competing for you? Yeah, they compete when there's a forfeit. Okay. <laughs> but are they, they're not wrestling the girls' circuit? No, no, no. no. Okay. No. okay. No, when we were on the air there, and you are poking me, Annabelle Lichty actually uh-huh. wrestled a match. She did, and that was an interesting setup there as they had lost Gavin Cook to, a, to, a, to an injury and they had lost their flexibility in their lineup, and they Wabash had a forfeit at 120. So they wanted to be able to take the forfeit at 120, and they, so they threw Amberly Lichty out there, who I think was in the same situation as your girls, who were just there to take a forfeit. But uh, she went out, shot right in on the right ankle of um, oh, uh, Mr. Brooks from Wabash, Jared yeah. Brooks. And uh, <laughs> you know what? The toughest wrestler. We got excited. So, uh, so uh, then I have uh, Caden Simpson, a freshman at 113, mm-hmm. and Austin Lewis at 120. And then at 126, uh, this weekend you had Landon Birch. And then at 132, who wrestled 132 for It'll you this weekend? It'll be Corkwell. Okay. Why? Wyatt Corkwell. 
and then we'll have Grant uh, Grant Boltemeyer at 38. Okay. Uh, Hernandez has been – he had COVID, and he has to go through the practice. and So Bolt, uh, Hernandez won't be able to – I compete. believe uh, Calvin Ferret was who wrestled Dylan Hernandez last year, so he'll have a match against uh, Grant Boltemeyer. One of uh, a couple of seniors that you have right there at the exact same weight kind of made your lineup difficult this year. You wish some of those boys could have gained 15 or 20 pounds. Yeah, the, the heart of our lineup is just all bunched up. I mean, we could get four of those guys, five of those guys, all into two weight classes and legit. I mean, it just hurts in that sense. It's good competition, I mean, for them. I mean, we're going to have a couple good weight classes at the end. But Reminds me a little bit, Rex, of, of uh, we go back maybe a decade and, and you have when Daniel Meyer was a 197-pound heavyweight and uh, with Travis Thatcher and, and Ben Baker and those guys, they were all kind of bunched up in that, that great football lineman weight but not really the perfect uh, lineup for a dual team. Didn't stop him from taking fourth in the state. No, and it he did got not. jabbed and should have been into the finals. And they got jabbed for the third place match as well. Yeah, one of the most exciting wrestlers that I can remember in the last 20 years for He was uh, the Adams best leg-riding heavyweight in the state of Indiana, and he rode them tough, and he pinned people with legs because heavyweights didn't know how to prevent being turned into legs. That was, it was a lot of fun watching him wrestle. Uh, and then, uh, so you said at 145 you'll have Khan. Yep. David Khan, another senior. At 152, Elliot Apps. At 160, Chris Kramer. No, it'll be uh, Aiden King, and okay. then 70 will be Chris Kramer. Okay. Then at 82, we'll have Noah Thompson and then Jacob Landis at 95. And then our 220 will be Cameron Farmer. And our heavyweight will be Sam Kephart. And uh, Belmont, we've got some inexperienced guys uh, there. Really, after you get from uh, Isaac Freet and Alec Mowry from there, not a whole lot of varsity experience other than Dalton Robinson at heavyweight, but uh, could be some really competitive bouts in those upper weights. And we've really, we've really had some conversations off air about what happens when Duke, Duke Myers gets back in the lineup. There, there's, a piece, there's a piece of that pie, and you got some guys. I mean, there's some guys that, that can shift around and need to shift around and to make that team stronger because Duke's going to come in the lineup. So either you go someplace you can get or you're not going to be on the team. And as AJ mentioned, uh, Henry Kukulhan was the only other wrestler other than Ike Rubel who went 3-0. and 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 Henry has wrestled practically his entire career now in two years up at least one weight, if not two weights. He really could cut down to 170. I talked to Coach Myers today, and he, he echoed the sentiment that one of Belmont's biggest problems right now is everybody's wrestling up. There's really only one wrestler on the entire team who's cutting any weight, and that's Ike Rubel. And everybody else is just kind of at the weight that they're at because – they don't need to cut. If yeah. they cut, they'd, they'd have three forfeits in the lineup. And so that really hurts when you're getting up against a, a, a dual-meet team like a Garrett who has 45 kids in the lineup and everybody's cutting weight. And so uh, you guys probably have a little bit of the same, same issue, obviously. You don't have a whole lot of, of wiggle room here in this lineup. And where you fall, if you have a varsity spot, don't change your weight because we need somebody there. Yep, yep, no, for sure. It's a... Uh, it's, uh, it's bittersweet. It's bittersweet for sure. We got some tough weights, but uh, good competition at those weights, but not a great team situation. With that, we're going to bring the third period to an end. We're going to send back to studio Steve Rouse running board for us for round of commercials. We'll be back with uh, the overtime period right after this. Independently owned and operated, Haggard Sefton Hershey and Zelt Funeral Home, located in the heart of downtown Decatur, 
has been serving the funeral needs of Adams County and the surrounding area for over 114 years. Whether it's at need, a prearrangement, or a monument sale, our small staff is here to provide comfort in your time of need and make our home feel like an extension of your home as we assist you in honoring the life of your loved one. Know the warning signs. Know the difference and get help fast. Call 911 immediately if you experience these symptoms of stroke. Numbness or weakness of face, arm, or leg. Trouble speaking or seeing. Dizziness or loss of balance. Sudden severe headache. Symptoms of heart attack including chest pain, lightheadedness, nausea, jaw, neck, stomach, or back pain. Pain in the arm or shoulder or shortness of breath. Don't take a chance with your health. Allow Adams Memorial Hospital to safely serve you. Hi, this is Jessie from Heller Nursery. Heller Nursery is located four miles west of Decatur in between 224 and 124 on 400 West. We are open all winter long. Come check out our large selection of house plants. We have snake plants, succulents, ficus, and so many more. Heller Nursery is always a season ahead, so stop in during the winter months to plan for spring. New crops are available weekly. Check out Heller Nursery's Facebook page for current selection and specials. We are open seven days a week, year-round. Enjoy neighborhood living and peace of mind for your family in a two-bedroom, one-bedroom, or studio apartment at Adams Woodcrest Assisted Living. New address, new home, new life with household amenities including menu choices and times tailored to your liking. A family room with fireplace and bistro, laundry and housekeeping services. A state-of-the-art response system and medication reminders are included too at Adams Woodcrest Assisted Living, 1300 Mercer Avenue in Decatur. For a private tour, call 260-728-4038. Welcome back to the Hager Stephanie Hershey Zelf High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by Double Eagle here at Cross Creek. Once again, we're in the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. Tonight's 599 special was the baked pasta with a side of garlic bread, and it was wonderful as always. And uh, we always like to promote the food and tell people, hey, you are missing something if you're not eating at the Double Eagle. One of the best... Uh cheap meals are around town but the food is not cheap it's the price that's cheap <laughs> there and, you go. Uh, that's a way to explain it every week i look forward to what the special is going to be and what time did i text you today and ask you what the special was it was like nine o'clock i was I thinking was, about lunch at i was nine. impressed that you had lasted that long to be real honest with you but it is what it is so uh, we want to remind you that we're on the air tomorrow night for belmont and bluffton we're on the air thursday night for belmont and huntington north and Belmont East Noble, and there might just be more Belmont wrestling on the air on Saturday. Dane, you're trying to fill up my weekend. I mean, we're before gonna, we're going to wait and see. Hey, before, it's 18 points, Rex. It doesn't matter when it happens over the course. of Doesn't the year. mean it has to be on the air, though, right? Well, the adver- the people want to hear it. So, so Ben, you're here right now, and he usually has a section of the prognostic airs. It makes me guess some uh, scores here. What what's your what do you anticipate the score to be in tomorrow night's match between the Braves? If you want to adjust your microphone there a little bit, I want to get <laughs> you in there. I get that in. Uh, I don't know what it'll be. I think we'll get. Uh, I'd like to get eighteen points for sure. What's uh, going gonna to take to win it? For us to win it, uh, I don't know. We'd have to. We'd have to get a lot of pins. Get a lot of pins in in the middle where we're good, and then. Uh, Get a couple pins in the upper weights, um, two twenty and ninety five, and and, and, and uh, we've Belmont's we've, given up some pins. We've at seen this Belmont team, and we've seen so. guys in in winning positions and give up falls. I mean, it's wrestling; anything can happen. You know that. Yeah, no, I, I mean we're going to go out there and, and give you guys heck for sure, and um, and uh, 
I don't know what it's going to be. I know last year we were we were a great team. We still didn't give you guys enough. So uh, you know, you guys just you guys are tough, and uh, but we'll go out there and, and go was, battle for sure. That was not an easy match for the Braves coming to the Tiger Den too, because the Tiger Den that's that's a kind of storied tradition, man. And it's not like wrestling on the stage out uh, south of Bluffton. Man. Yeah, what, what, Poplar Grove. Poplar Grove. The Grove Dome. I, re- I refereed in Poplar Grove, and I was so afraid it was going to fall off the stage when I was yeah. refereeing. But <laughs> no, that was a great place. I miss that place. I still wish we could go out there and wrestle. Dane, it's it's kind of it's very similar to the way that uh, Is this the old Bluffton High School gym? Well, it's like an elementary school south oh, of town. Okay. It was, yeah. Because okay. I remember the old Bluffton gym. It's very reminiscent of what uh, Blaine Culp talked about, you know, when they wrestle in their tech place that was a nice little tight arena well it was a gym and basically the the stage was up on a stage and the people said out in the audience like you were watching a play and the wrestlers were up on stage and as a referee you had to be careful because you had to get out there and block because some of the kids get a look going a while and they were headed off the stage one of my favorite things about going to bluffton to watch anything is realizing just how old bluffton high school is you know, we're, we're so used to all of these consolidated schools, and then you realize yeah, Bluffton existed pre-1900, and it hasn't really changed a whole lot since as far as, as what the, the overall school is. So kind of cool. When did, the, when did the new school open? Did you go there? Nope. I was the okay. last graduating school or class from the— To go all four years at the old school. Yep. I was, so I was pretty grateful to be in the old school. So yeah. The just, new school is a, a beautiful still. Oh, it's great. It's great. It just would have been a change, and I was happy to— <laughs> Be able to finish the way I started. <laughs> don't don't want, not. I'm resistant to change. I'm a wrestler. <laughs> a little bit for sure. So Rex, as we highlight our 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 next two shows, if not our next three shows, uh, next week we will have the assistant commissioner for wrestling in Robert Falcons, and we'll talk to him about what COVID means for the wrestling tournament. Maybe we'll get some insights as to what's going to happen. With, I bet uh, we won't. <laughs> I bet we probably won't. But uh, <laughs> we can always ask the questions and see if we get any hints on. Uh, on what changes might be coming, what might happen at the state finals for attendance, um, if there's any changes to venues, any changes to rules, what's going to happen if a team gets quarantined. I think we already know some of those answers, but it would be good to get uh, uh, to pick his heard, brain on that. We've heard a lot of rumors out there about what could happen, and it's like I think uh, from your conversations earlier in the day with some of the people at the state, they're not going to say anything. No until the last minute, and they're going to roll it out there and then hope that nobody tries to change their mind. And we heard today that the, the Indianapolis is going to host the entire NCAA basketball tournament just weeks after we're there for the state finals. So, <laughs> I mean, there's, the, going to, there's going to be people coming in. That's the March Madness bubble. I think it's going to be in the bubble. Maybe we can get our own bubble. <laughs> ten, d- ten days before, we have to get catered by St. Elmo's and just spend <laughs> all of our time on the WZBD dollar. We're going, to have, we're going to have to get some... Uh, Comp some food from Sam Elmo's because I can't afford St. Elmo. Well, AJ can. can. He's already left. So, <laughs> but uh, uh, we also want to tell you that we are still on uh, schedule for our pre-state finals broadcast live from Bankers Life Fieldhouse. Uh, the day of uh, the opening round of state on Friday. Already talked to the IHSAA, and uh, they're excited about uh, hosting us again. And we had some great guests last year, and uh, maybe we'll see Coach Sprunger down there with one or two wrestlers. I mean, we we don't know what that uh, agenda is going to look like. We're trying to figure out. I mean, there was talk that they were going to start early, like a you know early in the morning, and wrestle part of the weight classes, and then break off to the other part. And it, so we don't know, but uh, I tell you what, Dane and I will be ready to interview whoever they bring on at us at whatever time it is. And we'll talk to Coach Gable if we're yeah. ready. And the best <coughs> interview of the entire day will be with Kevin Whitehead. Yeah. As always, the voice of the IHSAA 
state finals. Now, in two weeks, we are going to have another special guest, and that is Jim Troyer, who is uh, refereeing his 50th season. And his final season, he told me he's wrestling. Re- told me Saturday he's, this is his last year of wrestling, and then la- next the year after that he retires from his job and he'll be fully retired. So if you uh, are a friend wow. of uh, <laughs> Mr. Troyer's or if you uh, know Jim from past wrestling experiences, make sure that you tune in two weeks from tonight on January 18th. And I will tell you that we are also working on a very special guest for January 25th, and hopefully we'll be able to announce that this week. What a deal. So with that, it's 8.05. We've uh, wrapped up our first hour session of Haggard Seffner and Hershey Zelt Wrestling Weekly. I'd like to thank all of our sponsors. I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in. I'd like to thank Steve Rouse running the board for us. And now we're going to go off the radio airwaves, but we're going to stay on for the podcast for an extended version here shortly. So once again, thanks for tuning in, and tune in next week, Monday night, 7.05. Now's when we ask you the real questions. Now we're into the podcast. We're in the podcast. We're, no, we're, we're, we're podcast now <laughs> we're podcast time so this is this is not official this is just now i say just... we go back to we were talking about identifying now as jay county sectional people which seems so odd but when you really think about it this I, is the I don't 20th re- season i don't identify as a jay county wrestling person because that happened so long after i graduated i'm an ac sectional person yeah of course too. you wrestled all four sectionals at adam central oh yeah were you a two no what year did you graduate? 2000. 2000. Okay, yeah. that's what I thought. Yeah. So obviously you just uh, a couple years before they made the switch, consolidated everything in two. But uh, it, it is fun to watch everybody from your area advance. And last year was a great year for our sectional with the Southern Wells run that they had. Ike Rubel made the finals. Alex Curry got a medal. Uh, just a really good overall. You had a wrestler at state. Um, Norwell's had some real success. Uh, it, it's a lot of fun to be in a situation where you've got teams who are really competitive uh, and, and are competing for that sectional title for conference titles, whether it's Norwell and Belmont in the NEA. The ACAC has been ultra-competitive, although it's really been Jay County and Adams Central overall. But, uh, <coughs> you know, a, a lot of fun in our area with wrestling. Yeah, no, we uh, we got some tough wrestling. I, I don't, Bluffton's never even won a sectional because it's so tough. Um, so... Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out and who all gets to go and move forward. And I think, uh, you know, with Belmont, Adam Central, and even Jay County, as tough as they've been over the years, they're just solid teams. You know, and as, as a Belmont fan, you used to go up, or you used to go down to sectional, and you expected Belmont to win by 75 or 100 points. And while that was a lot of fun to go and know that your team was going to win every time, the last five or six years, going into it, not really knowing who's going to win, it brings a whole different atmosphere to that sectional tournament because it used to just be a walkthrough for so many years for Belmont when they were really at their peak. Um, you know, this year, looking at it, we were talking about Cowan as a potential sectional champ <coughs> in, uh, in the Delta sectional. You know, uh, Jay County had a really good dual team. I'm not sure if they're as good of an individual team as a dual team. I think Belmont may actually be a better individual tournament team than a dual team because they do yield some falls and have some really weak spots where I think Jay County doesn't. Uh, Adam Central obviously has two or three really weak spots um, where they're not going to score a whole lot of points at sectional. Um, but so does South Adams. And if you take away, you know, it's, it's the same thing every year. If you take your 14-man team and put them against each other, Th- this team's going to win. But then if you let everybody take four guys off the bottom, then that, that 
changes a lot. Then that's really what sectional and regional are. And then you get all the way to semi-state and you say, give me your four best guys and put them out there. Then all of a sudden you've got a situation where we thought Southern Wells was going to win semi-state last year. Yeah, I mean, no. they really were. It really wasn't that far-fetched to think that they yeah. were. I mean, I, and, I picked them. I mean, that was one of your podium pickers uh, last year, and I, and I picked them. I mean, it went on limb. But I tell you what, they had the one match that just was the big buzz kill that took them took the wind out of their sails, yeah. and they just did not wrestle well after yeah. that. You felt like those four should have gone in as a group, and to not have all four of them make it just didn't sit right with all of us who had really followed that story uh, for the last couple of years. So, Coach, looking back at an Adam Central sectional, do you wish we could go back to that system where you had to be top two, top two to move on? Obviously, you didn't have nine teams, but in reality, it was the same teams yeah, well, that we have now other than we've added Jay County, Blackford, and Union still, City. really haven't been all that competitive. but Yeah, it's, I mean, the teams that got added haven't. It's, it's helped a team like Bluffton get more guys out because, you know, top four. It's hard to get top two with Belmont, Adam Central. You got Norwell in there and Jay County for sure. That to be top two to get out of the sectional is is more of a merit, more of a badge than it would be. It is now. Does well, that make sense? If, if you go old school back in my day, when the Jay County sectional changed other things, it changed where you went to regional. That's when Belmont went south. Belmont and Adam Central went south. Before that, they went north. We went into Snyder Regional. Yeah, Snyder. And we, we, Snyder. Took, we took on SAC teams, and it was, it was a lot different. That's, that's a whole different style of wrestling to go to wrestle Muncie versus, versus Fort Wayne. And that switch there, I think the switch from the Jay County sectional slash regional was a way bigger move by not sending those schools north to the Fort Wayne's regional. So are you saying south is harder than north? I think it was it's it was more competitive because at the time we went north and it's like you picked up the region, you picked up the Huntington schools coming in and you picked up Manchester coming in and, and at the time Fort Wayne was okay, but uh, it I think it made that Jay County regional more competitive for the Adams Central sectional going south than mm-hmm. it did for going north. Yeah. I know for me, I wrestled a kid uh, my senior year three times at regional, semi-state, and state, all in the finals from Peru. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know. At that time, uh, Delta and Jake, uh, Yorktown in early early 2000s, late 90s, they weren't the teams. That's uh, when the Delta had went down and Yorktown hadn't come up yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they were going down to the Newcastle semi-state yep. from there. And, Rex, let us never forget the, the one-year existence of the Delta regional. And how awful that was. Yeah, I refereed we'll, it. We'll never, we'll <laughs> never go back there again. We're, I refereed the Delta Regional. We're happy to be the uh, Jay County Regional after that, that one year, even if we do have to have our 830 starts at both levels of the tournament. Well, I'll tell you what, Jay County, they don't mess around. They run a tournament, and it's going to get done because for years there was a basketball game, and those wrestling mats were going to be clear, and a basketball game was going to happen on time. And if they ran through and took no breaks, that's what they're going to do. It. So if, if you don't like sitting around in the stands all day watching wrestling, that's not a problem. Yeah, Myers and his crew does a good job they run, do. running tournaments for sure. We've been joking. Uh, Coach Myers and I have about uh, uh, different counties being in different red zones and, and different zones with COVID that uh, Jay County is only a couple. Right now, there is only one county out of all 92 counties that's not red or orange, and that's Jay County. <laughs> so I shared with him that graphic today, and I said that, that we're only you know two weeks away from Jay County hosting semi-state 
and the state finals. And every every one of the sessions starting at 8.30 a.m., no matter what. So do you understand why? Look at the size of Jay County, and then look at the population of Jay County. If there's nobody in your county, nobody's got COVID. <laughs> I just don't know if they had anywhere to go. Yeah. Right. Maybe. It's just what it is. But uh, Well, they're spread out, right? Yeah, that's what it is. I think it's what it is. So, Ben, we touched on COVID. You, you talked about the Hernandez coming through it. I mean, in general, how is your team – uh, been affected by it this year? Uh, we probably didn't get two or three guys out that we could have. Um, you know, at first I didn't think it affected, but it, it did. A um, couple people that were difference makers for us. and um, So, yeah, it affects. I mean, I think just even the morale of the team, you know, you got to keep the guys up and tell them this is still a serious thing. Um, so, you know, you got you got to worry about kids getting quarantined by their classmates. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. And we talked about it. And, and Paul Gunsett mentioned it on our interview out on the air after the tournament. He said, I had like seven guys in the starting lineup that had COVID. And Dana, I'll tell you, if you had it, it's not like one day you wake up and it's gone and you're okay. It lingers on and it drags on and it wears you up physically. Now, 16, 17, 18-year-old kids a lot different than an old man like me. But still, it has some lasting effects and affects everybody differently. So just because you had it and you don't have it now does not mean that you come out and wrestle 100%. Yeah. No, it can it – can, I mean, even at the state tournament this weekend, it, it was a little bit of a difference maker. I mean, I talked to Hunter Hickman, and he said his whole team was quarantined two weeks. You know, they had two weeks to train. They had they were quarantined two weeks prior to it. And, um, I mean, they, they were – did a good job regardless of that. But it's still it's, – it's a difference maker for a lot of different teams in a lot of different ways. Well, the quarantine and not being on practice is one part of it. And then the physical uh, after effects that you have, that's a whole nother – so it's a kind of a two-fold double-edged sword that uh, can really take you out two ways. Yeah. No, I think uh, I had a, a, a guy last year have it right at regionals, right when it was first coming out. He said he couldn't breathe and – you know, at that point, it wasn't like, you're wrestling, dude. You know, <laughs> you know, I, we didn't quite know what it was. And I know a lot of people that I worked with that, that swore they had it last year before it was a, before it was COVID, they had it. And I know one guy ended up getting tested, for, get a blood test, and they said that he had antibodies, and it, he had it well before the, it was even had a name. Yeah, yeah. And I really liked what Coach Gunsett said uh, in his post-match interview, saying, you know, whether it was seven or eight, these kids had to wrestle three matches in one day after having just three practices in 20 days. Uh, it made a difference. And you're going to see that as you go forward. Uh, and you think about some of the tournaments that you have to wrestle three or four matches in a day. When you get to the conference tournament and you, you get to that placement round, it's going to make a difference. Anybody who's had COVID in the last four weeks is going to be at a disadvantage um, you know, physically. And even going into a tournament like sectional when you're fighting for that fourth spot you're wrestling your fourth match of the day when you get to semi-state into the finals that's such a long day uh that's going to make a big difference and uh for guys who are cutting weight it's an even bigger difference and uh obviously at the state finals even you're going to see teams guys who you've known have been on quarantine that have had to weigh in on friday wrestle a very tough match on Friday, come back on Saturday morning, weigh in again, and then they've got three, three uh, matches to wrestle. That's, that's going to make a big difference. Hey, Ben, as we talk about weigh-ins, uh, what was your impression of the uh, Friday weigh-in for the Saturday team at Team State? I know it was easier for the kids. Do you think that they had a, had a bunch of kids that ballooned up and were bigger the next day, or do you think it was pretty well 
in check. Yeah, there's going to be a couple people like Ike probably blew up. You know, there's kids that are cutting hard. They're going to blow up. It's just what it is. You know, if you're cutting a solid a solid number, you know, you definitely will blow up. And and I think the state's done a good job, though, with all the testing and the asserting the we do that – Kids aren't going to go crazy too much because they can't now. Yeah, I mean, you, it's not. You have to stabilize. You, you got a two-hour weigh-in, you know, or hour weigh-in. I guess I'm not in college anymore. You get an hour weigh-in, and if you're not ready to wrestle in an hour, you can't cut too much. But, uh, you know, I think people do. We, we, I know we do at Bluffton. We do some cutting, and, and uh, you know, it's just a matter of what a person can handle. But, yeah, I think All that within we'll, the regulations. Yeah, well, for sure. Well, for sure. Um, but, um you know, it just changes. It all changes, and you you know if they're you want them to do it right. I mean, that's the goal because if you, if you cheat it, you know yeah. you're gonna feel it. You're gonna feel it, and it's gonna affect your life. Well, I talked to Coach Meyer from Jay County on the mat before the tournament started, and asked him, said, you know, how was your morning? And he said, the pressure of me not having to worry about a kid missing weight on the right up here was so much pressure off my shoulders he said you know getting that done out of the way he said i'd love to do that every time but like you said you have kids that you don't want to you don't want to yo-yo those kids got to plateau out you know they know they got to put a little bit on just to gain your strength back but i mean if you go up it's just hard to come down i mean you got to stabilize and get your point where you want to be so they're going to control that themselves yeah what would you have done rex if you would have had a a night before weigh-in um, my junior year, about I, I, I'd, have put, I'd have put 12 on, <laughs> but then my senior, when you, when you get older, you're another older and you're smarter, you, you stabilize, you, you know that you can't yo-yo, you get in them. I mean, if you come up two, maybe if you only get to take two off between Tuesday and Thursday, that's okay. You can't take 10 off every week because it's just so hard on you and, and you're battling all the time. So as a senior, you're smarter, you're a little wiser and think, you know, I'm going to take just a little bit in, just enough to get my energy back to have that match. And then, you know, between Tuesday and Thursday, you're not, you're not ballooning back up because it's just way too hard on you. And eventually you get smart enough and you figure it out. Yeah, and I think a lot of it is you're older and you don't have to cut because you don't have to cut for a spot. Or, you know, uh, <laughs> you're just smarter because, you know, you've done it. Or in my case, you had to cut for a spot. Yeah, well, maybe <laughs> if, that is. You know, back in the, back in the Belmont days? If that's a spot and you get in it, that's where you went because you couldn't beat the guy above you and you couldn't beat the guy below you. You found your spot and you were in it. Yeah. You know, when you, we go years and years, and I mean, we went nine years in a row putting a guy under lights in one weight class or another. Nine oh, I years know. In a row. Well, for me, when I was in school, I had Brian Paxson that was you know state runner up at one one spot, and Randy Persley at one state and right above me. So, or you know, right beside me too. So it was it was one of those things that. I get, I get that too. So, yeah. so the, that's how, that's how to understand. But people don't realize, little old Bluffton and Anna had those three studs in a group that were on the lights three years in a row. Yeah, it was pretty cool. So, how often as a coach do you uh, bring back that experience that you had um, in those spot in the spotlight in the big matches? How often do you talk to a kid like Landon Birch and tell him this is what you should expect? This is what I went through. Um, how much story time is there? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, you know, sometimes you, you do it because you have to you re- relate to them. Sometimes they want to hear it. Sometimes you got to motivate them. And sometimes they need to know that you've gone through the same things they're going through. And there's pressure that, you know, that I can relate to them about for sure. I mean, 
you don't really talk about yourself just to talk about yourself unless you're trying to help a kid, you know? Well, if you talk to a kid about what he's going to expect and he kind of gives you that, yeah, he's not listening to you, and then he experiences it, I'm telling you, 10 years later, he's going to go back and tell you, it's like, you know, coach, you know, I didn't listen to you very well then, but but it really sunk in and it was it was information that I had to have and I really appreciated. Yeah, no, I mean, there's we all have those coaches and we all remember stories and, and it, sometimes it just takes a couple of years to really sink in too. So, and as kids understand, I mean, that couldn't, that may not be your wrestling coach. It could be your German teacher. It could be your PE. It could be anybody that's one of your role models in that, in that era. Yeah. And I think as a coach, my job is to make these kids men, you know, to really help them grow on the mat and off the mat and and uh so you tell them things and whether it's wrestling or not you know we all have our own stories to be able to share them you know and i'm pretty good friends with grant Mosier, and i talked to him on a football coaching show and he said you know the philosophy he has at south island football which was very successful this year is i don't care if this kid's a great football player he's going to live in my community and he's going to be a father he's going to be a a business owner he's going to be somebody that's going to be a leader in his in the community and that's what you have to strive for and yeah, maybe you're you're going to be a good football player, but guess what? After your senior year, you're not a football player anymore. You're you're a guy running a farm. You're a guy working in a factory. You're a guy doing something. You're adding to your community, and it, and football's done. So you got to live past high school football. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's yeah, like anything, a teacher or a coach. That some of the blessings is just being able to share and and mentor and and grow, and you see it on a daily basis. Uh, one of the things that I've also noticed about your team, uh, talking about Landon Birch, I, I know that he, uh, his name comes up in my classroom a lot. He's a kid that, that wrestles in uh, Mad Men with uh, guys like Ike and Doby and Calvin Froat and Garrett Manley, but uh, seems to be a kid who really likes wrestling. How many kids in your room do you say, would you say, are really just fans of the sport and just really enjoy wrestling for what it is. Do you have a lot of guys on your team that you would describe that way? Yeah, I think I think well, Landon Landon's success uh, adds to the you know his persona. You know that really helps. But we got a lot of guys. Actually, more guys that you brought Brent Kunkel's name up. We got a lot of guys that you know I wish they'd play football just <clears throat> because. I think every small school like us should you should have at least be two sport athlete if not a three sport athlete um but yeah we got a lot of guys that just just do wrestling and that's all they think and do and now Landon takes it to another level and he goes to a lot a lot more tournaments and he's a little more accomplished where he can uh you can go to the bigger tournaments and get asked to be on part of teams and uh, but yeah, we we do. I mean, my fifty-two pounder—that's all he does—is wrestle. Forty-five pounder—that's all he does. Um, you know, we have a handful of kids that play two sports that do go to Mad Men. But uh, yeah, Landon—you know—he's just one of those those guys that you, you just love having on a team because he just knows how to win. Um, you know, super coachable, and uh, uh, he loves it. So he ben, loves it. So Ben, speaking about your coaches, are most of your coaches homegrown, Bluffton guys? Yeah. Um, yeah, every single one. Uh, you know, I have a Tim Zeiss, who was a state qualifier. Um, Ryan Corkwell was a Norwell grad, um, but he's, I mean, he's Wells County boy. Um, I got a Brooks Morgan, who I wrestled with at Bluffton, and uh, um, Eric Boltemeyer. He is actually, his son's, uh, he was a coach of mine. He coached me when I was in school. Um, 
and he's now at Hunt, uh, Heritage. Uh, he went to school at Heritage, but he was a teacher here for a while, and his kids actually still go here because he lives here. Um, so, yeah, most of them really are here, or what I would consider homegrown here, for sure. And, you know, talking about uh, the the rivalry in the Adams Central sectional, uh, I, I like now the way that it's changed, and you go to some of these tournaments, and you see the kids like Landon talking to the Belmont kids. You see the AC kids finish up their match, and they immediately walk over to the Belmont uh, mat where they were wrestling to cheer on. And, uh, you know, 15, 20 years ago, it might not have been that way. But, uh, you know, the wrestling world has gotten a lot bigger in Indiana, and uh, we're the little fish in the pond now. And uh, we go to some of these tournaments, and we're the underdog. And I really like that sort of camaraderie, that rooting for – your neighbor type thing where it's a rivalry when you're wrestling each other for ACAC, NEA, sectional, but you get to the state finals and you really cheer for it. And I know I, I, there wasn't a single person from the Belmont community that wasn't cheering their butts off for Landon on Friday night last year. Yeah. And I really like that about our area. Yeah, well, I think Mad Men does a really good job bringing our community, like bringing an RTC to our community, something we needed. The reason why the region's so good or Indy's so good is – there's really no school loyalty and maybe cathedral or something like that. But even then, they're not even cathedral <laughs> people. Right, because you know? cathedral literally doesn't have a feeder school you know, we, and it exists. Our, our area does not have that real ability to draw kids in from big metro areas where you're going to build them up like that. You got Bluffton kids. You got Norwell kids. You got Belmont kids, AC, and South Adams kids. They're not switching around from schools to schools. Their families are traditionally, they're South Adams kids. They're AC kids. They're Belmont kids. And they don't do a lot of switching around. I mean, and, and that's what you go. And as a coach, okay, these are the kids I get to work with. It's like I don't get to reach out and recruit kids from different areas that wrestle no. for their teams. It's like, this is what I got. And I'm going to build a team with what I got. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I can walk through the school's uh, hallway and show my kids, you know, my grandpa, my uncles, my dad, you know. And to me, that's there's school loyalty into that where you go to the region. And the reason why they're so good at the region is they uh, they have those RTCs and they've had them for a little bit longer than we have here. And, uh, you know, going back to Mad Men, Mad Men brings that community to where, yeah, they're competing against each other. But off the mat, you know, they're talking to each other because they're buddies. Um, something that, you know, I hated every single kid around here other than a Bluffton kid. I mean, I hated him. I did not like Coach him. Coach Curry I has, has talked about that before on our show where, you know, he hated everybody from Belmont when, yeah. when he was wrestling. And, and it was just such a fierce rivalry. And he's like, now, you know, my sons, all they do is hang out with Belmont kids. Yeah. You know, on the weekends, that's who they're Snapchatting. That's who their friends are. Those are the girls that they're dating, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. He's, it's such a, a weird difference in the last 15 or 20 years well the guy that gave me the big bright big bird yellow t-shirt from saturday told me that he told us a couple weeks ago that tony abbott said he built a pole barn in his backyard for a graduation and they got wrestle mats and he said you would not believe all the kids from all over the place that have wrestled in my pole barn he said they come down and they're friends and he said i've he can, I, so I can list a big list of kids, and, and they all hang out together. And he said that's how those kids get better. And I think some of that is the underdog status that we have as the Fort Wayne area. We're, we're the little guy. We're the red-haired stepchild. We, we go to some of those tournaments now, and they look at where we're from, and they, oh, you know, they're from Fort Wayne. So we kind of have to stick together in, in, that, in that mindset too. I'll tell you what, Dane, uh, we really appreciate Coach Brunger being on, uh, the two-time guest. Uh, we went uh, close to a half hour on our podcast area, and I know that 
people that uh, have short drives don't like a long hour and a half podcast, but uh, I do know some people have long drives and listen to our podcast. Uh, I'm going to throw out a name, uh, Coach Harley at uh, New Haven City Listens every week, and I think uh, our listening area is larger than we think, than we know it is. Well, make sure that you tune in next Monday as uh, we have perhaps our most special guest of, of all time. It's going to be interesting to hear what our Coach Falcons has to say, or not Coach Falcons, Mr. Falcons has to say. And uh, uh, you know, he's my most distinguished guest. Most distinguished. <laughs> he's he's going to be. We're going to have the toughest questions uh, that we've ever asked a guest. I think that you have to send him so we can pre-analyze well, and review. Well, we just don't want to expose him to AJ too much. I don't <laughs> think. But we'll have to see what we what we get out of him. So once again, uh, thanks everybody for tuning in for this extended podcast version. We'd like to thank uh, Coach Ben Sprunger of the Bluffton Tigers, who will be bringing his team to Belmont to take on the Braves tomorrow night, and we'll be there broadcasting that. So uh, once again, thanks everybody for tuning in. Uh, thanks Steve Rouse for running board. And with that, we're out until next Monday night.